Hey everybody, welcome back to Vox Tablet. It's me, Sarah Ivory, your host. Today, Big Ben meets the Middle East with a Latin twist. Growing up in Israel, pianist Alon Yavnai was exposed to a range of musical styles, from Middle Eastern music to jazz to Latin American. Since then, his travels and his collaborations have led him to experiment with other musical influences as well, from places as disparate as Argentina and Cape Verde. He's also won acclaim for his work alongside saxophonist and clarinetist Paquita de Rivera and cellist Yo-Yo Ma. Now Yavnai is releasing an ambitious new album. The album is called Shir Ahava, and on it, he uses a big band to interpret his unique Latin American and Middle Eastern blend. Yavnai is based in Brooklyn these days, and we're visiting him to find out more about this project. Alan Yavnai, thanks so much for having us over. Thank you for coming. First off, I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about the title of the album, which is also the name of the first track, Shir Ahava. Shir Ahava means a love poem or a love song. Uh, but rather a poem because the music was written to a poem by Jonathan Giffen. He's a very known poet in Israel. He's a storyteller. And I grew up with his stories and his songs. And uh, so I uh, got attached to one poem. It's called uh, uh, Shirava. And it's from a little book that says, uh, it's called uh, Mainly Love Poems. Uh, and it was just one day that I was here by myself. I was feeling kind of down. I needed to do something different. And actually, I never wrote music to lyrics. Uh, so I tried. I tried. It was just solo piano me trying. Later on, I just started hearing the horns. This is something that was not new. I, I liked the horn sound of you know, the big band. And I, um, so I decided to, yeah, to write the, the arrangement. But the song, the track itself on the album has no lyrics. No, exactly. It's instrumental. Yes, there's no lyrics. I have sung it before in, in some, some shows. We have a trio show, a quartet. I would sing it. Uh, but this one is definitely, yeah, it's instrumental. This album is said to have what's called the big band approach, but it's not big band like uh, Duke Ellington is big band, which I think of as being very kind of like just incredibly brass heavy. This is much more silky, although often very orchestra-like also. I mean, it is a big sound. Um, what does big band mean to you? It means exactly what you said now. It doesn't mean, <laughs> yes, it doesn't mean exactly always the brassy. Also, yeah, it always does a connotation of either the um, Duke Ellington or the Stan Kenton, that kind of sound, which I love, by the way, which is fantastic. Uh, but I had to take another niche and, and, and just naturally went to a place where I use more woodwinds, uh, like flute clarinet, bass clarinet. And I'm thinking more orchestra. This is also due to when I wrote some of the arrangements, I was at the time in Israel. This was only a year and a half ago. And I was doing my master's in composition. <clears throat> now, mostly we dealt with symphony orchestras. And I just kind of, uh, not that I wanted to take the sound of the symphony and put it on this, but I heard this in my head. And it influenced, definitely influenced the writing of some of the tracks here. So you're saying in some ways this music is as much influenced by classical composers as jazz yes, composers? Yes, but the definition of jazz or the, 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 the division between jazz, classical or Latin with somebody like Paquito, which I have to say was seven years of my life, is really substantial and, and have made a big impact on, on my playing. Uh, he's eclectic. He doesn't care about those divisions. And he is very credible in going from place to place. 
he's able to do that. Mm -hmm. And um, we played a lot in duet, just him and me. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had one week in Spain, I remember, in Calle 54, it's called. And we did a, a, a hour and 45 minutes every day of a set, straight through. And the stuff we would play, you know, uh, it, it could be from Brazilian to improvisation, Bach style or Mozart style over some open section in, in, a, in a totally different piece. So for me, just to make clear, it's nothing is being tried, you know, we're not trying to, there's no point to prove here. It's just everybody feels music differently. And I came to realize that I feel it in a very eclectic way, in a very full way of different things. And uh, sometimes it takes its toll, you know, you have to be, be able to practice this and to practice that and to, to be, to know what you're doing in certain aesthetic of music and bring it together just in a nice and, and um, tasteful manner, you know. Uh, but I like it. It's very rich, I think. It's very, it makes music much richer. Up to this point, you've recorded with smaller ensembles. What, mm -hmm. what uh, is it about uh, this album that made you want to bring together a larger group of musicians? Um, I just, I hear my music not only um, on the piano. I just hear it. I hear horns and I hear trombones. I love trombones and I hear the flutes. Flute is very strong in Israeli music. It's so, so, uh, as you probably know, it's, it's so present. Um, so I just can't, it's something that I didn't try to do. It just came on its own. And I heard this kind of magnitude of sound, not necessarily in big volume. Uh, so this was the thought, just to have the, the vast array of sound that I, that I want that I hear in my head. And I cannot get only with the piano. Let's listen to the first track to Shirahava, and I wonder if there's anything more to that song that you want to share with us before we do. Uh, it just means home to me. I don't know even have to, how, how to explain it. It's very, very uh, personal. Uh, you know, it's very warm. When I hear the song, I feel this warmth. Uh, that's it. you come to play piano? Um, I was born into a house with a piano. Uh, my mother used to play piano when she was in Argentina. Uh, she was told it wasn't a good profession for, you know, for making money. Um, but she played for like 10 years. So your mother is from Argentina. She was born there. Yeah, she was born and came to Israel. She made Aliyah to Israel uh, when she was 17 or 18 and met my, my father in Israel, Sabra father. 
And so your mother played piano, and was your father also musical? My father plays accordion till this very day. He, I, I was born into a musical house. Nobody did it for a living, but it didn't matter. It was just full of music. There was a piano, there was an accordion, there was a guitar. So I used to pluck a guitar like this just at night, sitting there, also doing for fun. But the piano somehow caught my attention, and I was very small. And my mother told me I would climb on a chair like my son does now, almost falls on his head, and try some notes here and there. And it was a, it was a game. It was another toy. But it was, it was a different toy, you know, obviously. And, and something happened. I don't know really how to explain uh, everything, how I became attached to it. It just caught me and uh, the magic of it. And, um, and my father started sitting with me just a little later when I was seven, eight, and do some ear training. But it was really fun. I never remember it as a chore. Say, hey, what is this chord? What is it? This is three notes. Good. How many notes here? How many notes? And this is how I started. I started before with a teacher, but but really the playing by ear was was a big, big part of, of what I did, just to sit sometimes hours and just improvise. Today, you wouldn't call it bebop or jazz. It was nothing. It was just playing something, you know, ideas and, and you know, expressing through this instrument. I fell in love with it. That's much different. I had to play piano growing up. and It was a chore, and I was the worst practicer Ever. I never practiced. And I listen, hated don't, it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> At times, I, uh, I, there's many, many, many uh, breaking points. There were many, many. And, and my parents were very smart in knowing how not to push, how just to encourage. Uh, and, and there's no formula how to do that, really. Um, so, yeah. But I loved it. I loved it. What kind of music did you listen to growing up? Oh, well, the music that you listen in Israel, of course, Israeli music, Israeli music could be, uh, you know, come from uh, what they call the music that come from North Africa. And, and uh, but I listen more to the music that, uh, you know, Ari Einstein, Chava Alberstein. Uh, you might know some of the names, somebody, yeah, some like other Israeli people, maybe not. Israeli song, singer, songwriter, you call it folk music. But in our house, we also... Uh, had once in a while people that came from all South America and, and Central America because of my mother's work. And she knew a lot of people. And there would be gatherings in the house. And then we would hear music from Brazil and from Dominican Republic and from uh, Cuba and from uh, Mexico and, and whatnot. And that, that uh, culture, I think, penetrated very, very early on, very deeply. And it's really part of my playing. Do you think there's anything distinctly Israeli about the music that you're making? I got an Israeli passport. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, again, it's it's hard it's hard to define. Wow, this one I need to think for a second. Um, there is there is I think that um, people that at least are Israelis will hear the arrangement of Shirava. They will connect it to some sonority of. Of, of bands that they used to hear in the 70s or 80s because I'm kind of a... I'm not hung up on the 70s, but I, I love them. I cherish them. The 70s, the 80s, I grew up there in Israel. So this it's influenced by music that I heard and, and I'm sure that it's coming in. I'm not sure in what way. And I could not point and say, you know, some percentage is this and some percentage is the Latin. And so. It's all It gets all mixed in an organic way inside and comes out. You know, all these inputs come out. Um, so, I don't know, it has an accent. It's music with accent, I think, like my English, you know. So that's the Israeli, I think, that's the Israeli thing, yeah. 
I want us to listen a little bit to the song Bitter Roots, which to my ear is one of the more uh, Middle Eastern sounding tracks on the album. I agree. And what were you exploring with this composition? Is there any kind of backstory to it that you can share with us? The best backstory about this, and I have to give the credit, is the bass line. It goes again and again. And that just, uh, that whole song was born because of that bass line. And some jam session I did in Boston like 15 years ago with a friend I used to play with. It's a trio. And we're about to start the session and he just starts just messing around with the bass. Just do some things. And I say, hey, Massimo, what is this? His name is Massimo Biolcati. Italian? Italian. Italian and <laughs> Swedish. Both like his mother is Swedish, father is Italian. Very interesting story. In any case, um, he started playing. He said, I have no idea. I just, I'm just warming up. And I said, do you mind if I take that bass line? I'll do something with it. If I write a song, would that be okay? He said, yeah, sure, go for it. So, of course, after that, okay, I started writing the song and thinking about the melody. And uh, it's got kind of a blue note. The blue note there is kind of the... This kind of half note. It's common to the jazz, to the blues, to the to the Middle Eastern scales, you know, some of the, the Middle Eastern music. And that bass line gave me the... Like it's a rhythm, it's called malfuf. Um, but in Arabic music, Lebanese music. But it's also in Bayao in Brazil, they play... And it's all... Those rhythms are kind of inside that bass line. So I said, wow, that's... That's a good ground for, it's very fertile, you know, and then, so that came out of that. writing uh, your music for a big band or just even for smaller ensembles, do you come up with all the parts or 
uh, do you say, you know, this is my idea, guys and ladies who are playing in the ensemble. How do you think your instrument can join in? I mean, oh, to what with extent? Oh, the big band? Yeah, is it improvisational or is oh, it orchestrated? No, not yet, actually, not yet. I don't think it's impossible. It's, I'm sure some guys do it. Uh, you can come with some cues and things of that sort. But no, in this case, it was all written. Note by note, of course, there's the parts for improvisations, the backgrounds that are written, but the soloists start playing their solo. But yes, the, 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 the music is written. You did give me a great idea now for the next one. Which is? Which is to improvise, which is to say some people have a certain area of tonality, some other people have to start experimenting with that. That's, thank you. <laughs> That's a great thing. No, there's right. many ways. There's many ways. There's, listen, I have a long way to grow with this. The Big Ben, I love it. I want to keep writing. But it evolves. And every time you have to think about another way of losing, using the, the band. So, yes, it's an idea. Given that your music carries so many different styles and influences in it, was it ever a challenge to get the band to uh, be able to realize what you were going for? Well, the the... As we know, the, the album was recorded in Hamburg with the NDR Big Band. It's a radio big band that works on a regular basis. And uh, to your question, it wasn't hard to convey my ideas as far as influences, the variety of influences, just because this band works every week, almost every week, with a different person, different project. So they're reading so much music. Um, now, it doesn't mean that always they will capture exactly, you know, in a week, how much can you capture, you know, two weeks sometimes. Uh, it's how deep can you go into somebody's intentions. But I think overall I'm very happy with, with the result. And, and we had maybe three or four rehearsals, three rehearsals, and then we recorded, you know, and um, it's, it's pretty good. Let's go out with one last song. Um, what about Ilya Bnit, which Ilya means Bnit. beautiful island, beautiful is that right? Beautiful island, yeah. What can you tell us about that before we hear uh, it? Well, it's simply, it's a tribute to the uh, beautiful islands of Cape Verde, uh, which I visited, uh, again, it's more than 12, 13 years ago, on a tour uh, with a Cape Verdean band, dance band, actually. So two keyboard players, two guitar players, three singers, horns, a big, big thing. Um, and uh, we went like 40, 50 days on the road. We went to Africa, some places in Africa. Uh, West Africa and Portugal, and we visited the islands of Cape Verde, uh, the place that these singers were born from that band. And something in Cape Verdean music touched me very, very deeply. Um, everybody, of course, knows Cesare Evora that just passed away. But also, in addition, there's another rhythm. It's called bandera. And um, it's like a samba in trio or something like maracatu. It would be like... The special drum that they use, and we saw it when we came to with the band to Africa. We landed on a hill, which is called an airport, uh, <laughs> and all the village came, and the old lady started dancing in front of them. It was very moving. It was the first time I was in Africa, and um, we were in tears. It's just tears of overwhelming because we really didn't know what how to how to take it. And they pulled out all these drums and start playing bandera. And, you know. Now this song, the Ilia Benit is influenced by Bandera. It has this little rhythmic cell inside, but it's in 7-4. It's in an odd meter. But it's not a fast odd meter. It's not a... I think it, it's pretty at ease uh, kind of song. It's a medium uh, tempo, and it's not a kind of jumpy or you know, choppy. So, uh, yeah, that's the story behind it.
Milan Yavnai, thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me on the show. Alon Yavnai is a pianist based in New York City. His new album is called Shir Ahava, and it features the NDR Big Band. If you're in New York, you can check Alon out on March 25th at 6 o'clock at Birdland. And for those of you listening in Boston, you can see him perform in April at Scholars. Vox Tablet is produced by Julie Subrin. I'm your host, Sarah Ivory. If you like what you heard today, we would like to suggest that you post a comment in favor of us on iTunes or Stitcher or any other podcast browser. That way we can get more listeners, which in turn guarantees that you'll get more Vox Tablet. It's a neat little circle. Uh, We are very grateful for all your support. We thank you and we hope you'll join us again.